It is crossover Thursday, Bolt fam. We made it, and today it's Locked on Chargers, Locked on Dolphins, Justin Herbert versus Tua Tonga-Vailoa, and what we're excited to see is what the Chargers offense is going to look like under new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. You are Locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Network. That's how you know football is really back. It's your teams every day here on the Locked On Network. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, joined by David Drogmeyer from Locked On Chargers. And we are here to break down everything about this AFC clash of potential playoff hopefuls. And uh, there's no shortage of talking points, David. How's it going, man? Man, it's fantastic to be back here talking about an actual football game that is only a few days away. Seems like the offseason is always in in an eternity, and now it's finally over, and we got some real football to talk about. Yeah, today's episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code Locked on NFL in all lowercase for a first deposit match of up to $100. Of course, with football back, you want to make sure you got a little skin in the game yourself. So lots of skin in the game for this contest. And and David, I wanted to, to give you the floor first as the home team here. Uh, biggest storylines out of L.A. Obviously, they were a team that made the playoffs. Both of us endured wild card round exits last year in kind of heartbreaking fashion, respectively. Yeah. Um, it's it's not an easy way to stew over an offseason, but as you guys are coming back in this year, what's the biggest thing right now out of L.A.? Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, you never want to end a season that way, especially uh, losing in spectacular fashion. Uh, I mean, truly, you know, having one of the biggest leads in NFL playoff history and then letting that just slip through your fingers was very heartbreaking for the Chargers. And so one of the things that was a kind of a byproduct of that was the Chargers getting rid of their offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. And so I think the biggest story coming into this season is how will the offense look under new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore? I mean, this is the first look with Justin Herbert in in Kellen Moore's offense. How long is that going to take to click? I think that's probably the biggest storyline coming out of the Chargers here uh, going into this season. Yeah, and you you certainly feel like Kellen's offense probably is better equipped to bring out the best of quarterback Justin Herbert. I know when these two teams played last year, Herbert was 39 of 51 and (laughs) the, the pushing of the ball down the field, it was very much take what the defense gives you, but Kellen more offense. You think about what Justin Herbert's capable of doing. Uh, I guess my question for you is this with this. um, And and I I had seen this observation come across the timeline and Chargers fans were quick to remind me, uh, last year, Justin Herbert did not play in the preseason and they won their week one matchup. Yeah. Uh, and there were 11 quarterbacks last year who did not play in the preseason. They went three and eight. Uh, right. And you guys played Las Vegas in the opener last year, if I remember correctly. Yes. And Carr didn't start in the preseason at all, or he didn't play in the preseason at all either. So it was one of those games somebody's got to win. And with the right. new offensive coordinator, how do you expect it, that obviously being the lead story for this Chargers team? How do you expect they're going to take this transition in stride? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that really uh, boils down to the guy who's going to be commanding the offense, and that's Justin Herbert. And fortunately for Justin Herbert, this is not the first time that he's had to go through a new offense or a new offensive coordinator. Actually, he's went through about five or six different offensive coordinators and different systems dating back to college. So Justin Herbert uh, is very uh, well aware of this process, has done this process many times, uh, learning new offenses. He was an academic Heisman uh, coming out of college, so incredibly intelligent. Um, so don't really have very many reservations about his ability to pick up offenses um, and to be able to go out there and execute. I, I mean, I think obviously whenever you have a new offense, you want to see the starters go out there and play a little bit, but I think it's just risk versus reward. I mean, do you really want to put those guys out there to potentially get hurt before the games even mean anything? And also, Justin Herbert uh, has not played in the preseason the last two years and still started 1-0 each of those two seasons. So he's 2-0 and the last two years with not playing a single snap. Um, so, yeah, I think... It's a concern, but it's not uh, overly concerning for me. I think Justin Herbert uh, is going to be ready to go, uh, and I think the Chargers offense will match that. What's interesting is from Miami's standpoint, you think about this contest, and I think the big mystery for Miami is the defensive coordinator change that the Dolphins are currently undergoing as well. And yeah. you have Vic Fangio coming in as the defensive coordinator after Josh Boyer, who had been here since 2019 under Brian Flores. And you could not possibly have a greater ideological shift of how you want to play defense than Brian Flores, double birds, up on the line of scrimmage. We're coming. We're going to be real aggressive. Yeah, blitz crazy. Yeah. That's right. And now it's Vic Fangio where the pre-snap presentation of everything yeah. is as static and vanilla as possible. You want right. to force the quarterbacks to do their work after the snap. So I think that's the really fascinating element of this game is everybody – looks to how the Chargers defense punched the Dolphins in the mouth last year when they played each other. Yeah. But the unknown element of this game is Chargers offense versus Dolphins defense because it's two new schemes going in on each side of the ball, which I think is a really uh, interesting layer to this game for sure. Well, my, my question is this. I think when you go into a new season with a new scheme, a lot of the times you have to have the right personnel to be able to execute that scheme to its fullest capacity. Do you think the Dolphins have the right personnel on the defensive side to execute Vic, Vic Fangio's defense right away? Yeah, I, I think there's optimism, and I think that's why Miami won out effectively the bidding war for Vic Fangio because of the yeah. interest that he showed. Well, their, their front mechanics are designed in, we're going to play uh, usually at a man disadvantage, and we're going to play two si two high safeties in the pre-snap. And when you do that, you have to have defensive linemen that are able to control a gap, but also create penetration. Well, yeah. the, the, the previous defensive structure was very much gap control, lock, peak, shed, be able to disengage two gap at times. So there's a little bit of overlap there that exists. And then I think you look on the perimeter with, with Xavier Howard, and he's an aging corner who once upon a time, was a big time press man lock you down. We're just going to do the Daryl Rebus and do Howard Island thing on yeah. the outside. Whereas he's aged and as he has lost a half a step, he looked better in zone coverage last year. And I think the dolphins are going to play much, much, much more zone coverage. Now yeah. I would look at the second linebacker spot where they brought in David long. And I think that's a good fit, but it's obviously a new piece. And then the second safety spot opposite of Javon Holland that 
they are assuming is Brandon Jones, but he'd been in a red non-contact jersey after coming off of an ACL injury last year up until like last week. He didn't play at all in the preseason. Deshaun Elliott's been competing for that spot as well. So if I'm Los Angeles and I'm looking at this defense and there's some unknown variables, it's new guy on the second level and potentially the second safety being um, the areas that you want to probe early in the football game, I would expect. Yeah, I mean, obviously, whenever you have new players, you know, kind of stepping into the system, you're going to want to test them, right? You want to see if they're going to be able to, you know, if they understand the defense and and they know where their spots and their keys are. So, yeah, I expect the the Chargers will definitely, and Kellen Moore, you know, he's all about trying to create mismatches and and trying to, you know, put yourself in the most ideal situation. So you're going to see those wide receivers move around. They're not going to be any in any kind of specific alignment. They're going to try to create the best match that they can so I mean targeting a new linebacker and, and targeting a, a safety who is probably not really you know your number one starting safety uh, opposite of Javon Holland definitely kind of has a big red target on it saying hey throw at me and then let, let's see what happens but right. um, yeah I mean this is a, this is gonna be a great football game I've been looking forward to it all offseason um, because I mean there's some a, a lot of newness on each side new offensive coordinator new offense new defensive coordinator new defense so we'll see who is able to get up to speed the quickest yeah, and we're going to talk match more matchups next year on this episode of crossover Thursday with locked on dolphins and locked on chargers prize picks the independent day owned daily fantasy sports platform is one of our sponsors here on crossover Thursday. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers instead of battling against thousands of other players. It's you versus the house. You pick more than or less than with two to six player props and watch your winnings roll in as you hitch your parlays. Prize picks, super fun ability for you to test your skills, looking at individual player statistic props. Uh, like I, for one, I love the Justin Jefferson, less than 100 yards, Lamar Jackson, plus one touchdown in this upcoming week. I, I think that might be a good foundation for me to start my first prize picks parlay. Uh, and you get a chance to get in on some of this action yourself. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100 prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So David, let's, let's talk matchups in this game. Obviously um, your home team, what's a matchup you're excited to see unfold before us on, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I mean, I think when you're looking at these two teams, uh, I mean, for me in football, everything starts in the trenches, right? I mean, that's really going to establish whether you're going to be able to move the football and whether you're going to be able to stop the stop the football on defense. So I think the, the matchup I'm looking at first and foremost is Christian Wilkins versus the guards Zion Johnson and Jamari Sawyer. Zion Johnson's moving over to the left side to left guard after his rookie season being at the right guard position. Um, he's moving him back to his more natural position, the position he played in college. Um, and you get to sandwich him in between two all pros with Corey Lindsley, the center and Rashawn Slater, the left tackle returning from injury. And, and I think when you look back at that last uh, time, the Chargers and Dolphins locked up. Christian Wilkins was a terror. Uh, he was a nightmare for the Chargers offensive line. He was really doing whatever he wanted to. He was getting penetration, getting pressure on the quarterback. So I'm interested to see 
how Zion Johnson and Jamari Sawyer are going to be able to deal with that type of presence in this game. Yeah, and, and Christian's kind of a unique storyline for Miami. He came into training camp. I went down for the first week and a half of training camp, and he was unblockable. And then he held in for the rest of camp. He he has been looking for the new contract extension. Uh, so he would uh, partake in practice. He would go through the individual periods. But then when team was on, he was that off was the it. field. Yeah, And that was it. And uh, he, at the end of the preseason, he uh, had media availability and came out and said, you know, it's time to focus on the next game. And I'm going to be as supportive of a teammate as I can. So that hold in will not extend into the regular season, but it's, um, it's interesting. I, I am very intrigued to find out what version of Christian Wilkins you're going to get, because you're right. Uh, that was, I, I think you look at last year and you would point to that chargers game for Christian Wilkins is best case for the kind and caliber of contract that he was asking for. He, he was sure. a big time dude. And, and I'll keep it in the trenches. I'm really interested to see uh, with the return of, of Rayshon Slater for the Chargers. Uh, he, of course, missed the game last year with these two teams. Uh, which one of the two pass rushers Miami chooses to put on him? I, I think Jalen Phillips is probably Miami's most prolific pass rusher out of the two, and him and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb's a little bit more of a power player. Uh, Jalen had a really, really good showing the last time these two teams played as well. I, I yeah. think the um, – Roughing the passer sack there down inside the the ten yard line was a bit of a bummer. Um, sure, I'm interested to see him and I believe bo- both tackles were out for Los Angeles. The first That's time correct. Too, right? Yeah, Foster yeah. Darrell was the other tackle. Yep, yeah. Who at the time was a third string right tackle. So yeah, yeah I so, mean Jalen Phillips had his way with him in that game for sure. Yeah. So Trey it's, Pipkins coming back will be a a nice add for Los Angeles as well. Oh, it's going to be massive. I mean, when you are going up against those two guys, Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips, Jalen Phillips has just great speed. I mean, he's he's a guy who can really win that way. But I think people have have quickly forgotten how absolutely dominant Rashawn Slater was at left tackle. I mean, in his rookie season, he was an all-pro, a second-team all-pro, meaning he was the second-best tackle in all of football, and it was only second to that guy in San Francisco who is clearly the uh, best left tackle in the game. But Rashawn Slater is a guy that you can kind of – it's like the easy-bake oven. You can kind of set it and forget it. You put him over there on the left side, and he's pretty much going to lock down anybody that's coming at his, his way. That's what he's shown his ability to be. So having him back in the fold healthy – um, is major. Uh, it's just, he it brings to, uh, such a sense of calm and peace to the quarterback um, and to the offensive line. So yeah, that's definitely a matchup. I'm going to be keeping my eye on as well. Um, also, I think another one for me, just more uh, generally is, will the chargers be able to get push in the running game? Uh, last year is a gigantic problem for them. Efficiency wise. I mean, if you look at the touchdown numbers, Austin Nucker went crazy. And so that was fantastic. But when you look the game by game, they only rushed for 88 and a half rushing yards per contest, which was down towards the bottom of the league. So will the Chargers with the new offensive coordinator be able to run the football against the new Miami Dolphins defense um, and be able to kind of get some push? I mean, that's that's going to be an interesting storyline. And I think more um, on matchup wise, I'm going to be looking at Xavier Howard versus Mike Williams, because yeah. in the last game that those two guys played, Mike Williams jumped all over Xavier Howard and there wasn't really much that he could do in that game. So with Xavier probably 
playing a little bit more of that zone um, that where you said he uh, excels a little bit more. I want to see what that matchup is going to look like in this one. Yeah, I think the run game is a really good talking point for both teams too. You know, Miami with Mike McDaniel and his background as run game coordinator, you had a certain level of expectation what that was going to look like, and you didn't really get it. Uh, but what yeah, it seems is like he abandoned it early. Yeah, and he he did that a number of times last year. And what's what's funny, David, is as I said this on Locked On Dolphins yesterday. I, I look at these two teams, and I see a, a pretty significant number of parallels between them. And one of them is really young like whiz kid type head coach who in their first season with Brandon Staley, it was some of the fourth down decisions that you're like a mm, little bit better feel for it. Right. And yeah. for Mike McDaniel, it was getting away from the running game to try to feed Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill as much as he did last year. And even the game that the dolphins played after the chargers last year, and, and they had some success with the run game early on against the chargers they ran for 188 on the bills and they yeah. had a bunch of third, third and short yardage situations in the second half of that football game within one score or leading the game. And they got away from the run. Yeah. And so I think that's a really fascinating parallel to see the chargers with Brandon Staley, how he adjusted with that element of his head coaching job yeah. within year one to year two and thinking Mike McDaniel as somebody who uh, has a similar reputation on the other side of the ball as a young head coach, I'm really interested to see, and they've really been firm with their commitment that there is this renewed uh, emphasis to the run game. And, and I know what the depth chart says. It says Liam Eikenberg's a starting left guard. Yeah. I'd be stunned if it's not Isaiah Wynn. And yeah. I think Isaiah Wynn with Connor Williams, with Robert Hunt, it gives your interior the opportunity to, I think, try to get north on the chargers a little bit. And then that's testing Eric Kendricks, who you know yeah. came over from Minnesota and yeah. testing Kenneth Murray can you get vertical surge and get horizontal movement in the run game and stay with it for 60 minutes? Well, and can the Chargers tackle? I mean, that, I think that was the, the the biggest problem for them last year was just the open open field tackling and the the corners on the edges. I mean, the, the Chargers gave up way too many explosive runs last year. And I'm talking not your 10 to 15 that qualify. I'm talking 30 and 40 yard plus runs against the Chargers defense because of their inability to uh, get open field tackles and to really secure the edge. And I think a, a big difference maker in this one is going to be Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa comes back. He's going to be able to set a much more physical edge. He put on some good weight in this offseason. He's healthy for the first time in about three years. He got the kind of the groin situation he was dealing with, like which was a chronic problem for him. Like the last couple of years, he just couldn't work out or couldn't uh, really get himself in the right game shape to be able to go out there and be Joey Bosa. So I'm I'm hoping that he's going to be able to come back healthy and be that type of player to secure the edge. Um, but that's the biggest question for the Chargers. Are they going to be able to tackle in open space? If not, this could be a long, long day. Uh, we're going to talk more keys to victory here up next on this Crossover Thursday episode with Locked On Chargers and Locked On Dolphins. So stick with us. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check in. Check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. They make it so easy to create a free job post. Then add your purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're hiring. It's not all about finding just anyone to take your job that you need filled. It's about finding the right fit for your company and getting someone that will last. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. 
It's why small business small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering hires versus versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find your qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So crossover Thursday here, Dolphins and Chargers. We've talked matchups. Somehow, David, we made it 20 minutes and haven't talked about Tua Tungavaloa and Justin Herbert once, which I think <laughs> deserves a little bit of a round of applause for talking about <laughs> the trenches and defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators. Um, but I, I certainly know anytime these two teams play, those two are going to be connected at the hip and everybody remembers the Sunday night football graphic that went up about 20 minutes into the game where Herbert was 18 and 21 and two was three of 14. Um, If I'm going to go to keys to victory, I I think the dolphins have to learn the lessons that the chargers provided to them last time. Yeah. And chargers played with depth on second and long, they played with a lot of depth while simultaneously playing very physical on the perimeter. Yeah. How do you counter that? I would love to see the Dolphins have a greater presence of running the football, but like we talked about, but then in the passing game, perimeter screens, you have all of these athletic offensive linemen. You have all of these hybrid tight end type players. You've got a fullback. That's one of the more versatile ones in the game, get into some condensed sets and try to get some screen game going, invite the rush up the field if the Chargers are really going to try to tee off on you and then try to set up some blocks in space. And like you said, David, force the the Chargers to tackle you in space on the perimeter. I think that's something, if the Dolphins, I'd be really surprised if their opening script doesn't have a couple, quote-unquote, easy completions and just try to let the game flow get settled in. It's to his first start since Christmas Day with the concussion that ended his season. You know he's going to be amped up. I think he is somebody who kind of rides the highs and lows a little bit. Mike Daniels kind of alluded to um, the focus on moving on from the next play, good or, or moving on from the last play, good or bad. So yeah. I, I would expect to see some screen games, some perimeter work, some quick throws uh, to try to get your playmakers the ball in space and get yourself settled into the rhythm of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I expect that as well. I, I think that you definitely, against this Chargers defense last year, who was very, very good against the pass, um, that you probably want to set that up and kind of, you know, really blow at them, you know, really hit them a couple of times in the running game, try to try to wear them down a little bit, and then maybe try to hit with play action over the top. I think that's something that the Chargers should be ready for. And I think, you know, as far as, like, how the Chargers can win this game or, or what what they need to do is, uh, is Brandon Staley going to be able to cook up another master defensive plan like like he had in this one? And of course, everyone ha- has had all off season to to plan for this game, so I'm sure Mike McDaniel will have a couple of wrinkles in there uh, to be able to try to counteract what the Chargers are going to do. But at the end of the day, it's all about who's going to be able to adjust in game to yes. what the other team is doing, and that's very very important. I think last year the Chargers didn't do a great enough job of being able to adjust on the fly. When they made those adjustments, it was too late. So now it's up to Kellen Moore and Brandon Staley to identify what the Dolphins are trying to do and adjust immediately in game. So that's going to be what it is. The Chargers are going to have to find a way to slow down Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and if they don't, then this one could get ugly. I mean, we we know what those two two players are capable of doing. They're very very dynamic. So the the Chargers are going to have to control those guys, limit those guys, and that's going to be uh, going to really dependent on how Brandon Staley decides to counteract the Dolphins this year. 
I'm glad that you mentioned in-game adjustments because as I'm, I'm reflecting on on this game, the Dolphins offensively did not make felt like any in-game adjustments the last time these two teams played each other. Uh, but then there's also the the Ronaldo Hill storyline, which I think is a really interesting one. He was the DC last year in LA, and he left to be the defensive passing game coordinator under Vic Fangio. And and I wonder how much of that is. Um, what is Ronaldo Hill feel like his best pathway was to try to get himself in position to be a head coach someday and yeah. you know, is getting under Vic Fangio versus Brandon Staley. So a, a move that he felt was feasible or not, but just from the sense that Ronaldo Hill was in the chargers room last year for the pregame prep, you would like to think if you're Miami, that would give you some valuable insight in game. If they're recognizing, Oh, we talked about that last year. So you know, it, it's an X factor for Miami. And then, of course, it cuts both ways where Brandon Staley knows everything that Ronaldo Hill sat in on and was discussed. So that's the chess match that's going to be really fun. That's just another layer to these two teams as they look to get their season off to the right start. Absolutely. I mean, of course, this happens all the time when you have coaches and players that go to, you know, different organizations. One of those first conversations is, all right, well, give me all the information that you have, right? <laughs> I, I need the lowdown on everything on the, your previous team, especially if we're going to play them this year. But I think one thing that's important to point out is that Brandon Staley is the play caller on defense. He's the one that calls all the plays. So uh, from a, a defensive coordinator span, standpoint, that's not calling plays. I think just from the outside perspective, it's really hard to identify what actually they do on a week to week basis to be able to, I'm sure they factor in on, on the game planning aspect of it, but it's hard to sit here and pinpoint exactly what Ronaldo Hill did, what his ideas were and how he influenced how the chargers performed in that game. So also, yeah, I mean, Ronaldo Hill goes over there, gives all the information, but that doesn't mean that Brandon Staley is going to have the same game plan. Uh, I mean, of course, he's probably going to throw some more uh, wrinkles into it as well. But we'll have to see uh, if that gives the Miami Dolphins any kind uh, of advantage. But, you know, just like Ronaldo Hill goes over there, Brandon Staley is a disciple of who? Vic Fangio and his defense. So he knows that defense extremely well uh, because that's a derivative of the defense that he runs himself uh, with the Chargers. So it is going to be a, a big chess match to see who's going to be able to outplay the other. Um, and we'll see who's able to make those counter moves the quickest. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, the connections between these two teams, um, they run deep and it is a high leverage situation because if these two teams end up getting to late in December and early January and you're looking at the standings and Kansas City's still up there and Buffalo's still up there, this game could very easily be a tilt that that puts playoff seating one way or another. So that there's a lot to play for and it should be a really exciting first uh, showcase for both Miami and Los Angeles and we'll see who gets the win on Sunday afternoon. We certainly will. I mean, one thing we all know, Kyle, is that these two quarterbacks are going to be connected for the remainder of their careers. But for, that's going to do it for us here on Crossover Thursday. That was Kyle Krabs. I'm David Drogemeyer. Make sure and check back with us on Friday for those keys to success and who's going to win in this football game. And then make sure to check out our content on Monday after the game to give you all that information. But that's going to do it for us. Take it easy and have a good one.